defeat the Vancouver Canucks. By a score of 4-3, this was not like the last game versus the Calgary Flames. There was goal scoring, you know, quite comparable to the last game, but not, not as much action. It didn't really have, you know, because you could really argue that the last game did have a playoff feel to it, especially considering the fact that it was the first game back from the All-Star break. This game was sloppy. I didn't think the Rangers played all that well. They, you know, they were probably the better team than Vancouver, but the Canucks are a team that is, you know, in transition. They just hired Rick Tockett uh, within the last couple of weeks. They recently traded Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders. And the Rangers, look, this was a bit of a trap game, but they get the two points. That's been the theme. The Rangers are 18-4-3 in their last 25 games and it hasn't always been pretty, but they've gotten it done. And in this game, you know, they always had the lead. They always had the lead. Vancouver came close to tying it, you know, at least on the scoreboard a few times. But every time the Rangers would answer and, you know, the Rangers get it done. In this one, you know, the Rangers got pretty good production from their, you know, top players and, and also with that, the fourth line and the third pair are just not very good right now. But it's very fixable, whether that be using, like in the case of the forward healthy scratches, of Julian Gauthier or Vitaly Kravtsov, like inserting them into the lineup in some form. Like to me, that would be something that might make sense. But really, I look at all three of them for different reasons. Will Cooley, Jake LeCision, and Sammy Blay. And honestly, really, none of the three of them really should be in the mix come playoff time. I mean, sure, as a 13th forward, maybe, but I really don't want any of them to be in the lineup. Same thing with Ben Harper, as I've said. That experiment continues to kind of go as you think it would. He was playing well, and, you know, now it just not, hasn't been as well. I don't want to harp on that, no pun intended. But the Rangers in this one find a way, and that's the most important thing especially you know, in a very competitive Eastern Conference and a very competitive Metropolitan Division for the Rangers to get it done. And a lot of the same players did well tonight, but I want to spotlight the Keandre Miller-Jacob Truba pair who really stood out in this one, especially Keandre Miller, who gets three assists. They were three secondary assists, but he really did play a part, in, a, a really big part in all of them. So Miller was the star of the night, and it's just great to see him you know, produce and get points, and he's gotten a lot of assists. A lot of assists. He's going to end up with, you know, 40-plus points on the season. Keandre Miller right now. Miller is at 28 points. You're looking at someone that might put up 40-plus points. That's well within, you know, reason. And... This is someone who has gets minimal power play time, really got none for the longest time, and now gets a little bit. This is even strike points that he's getting. And Jacob Truba was was pretty good as well. One small blemish on that third goal by Vancouver, uh, you know, a little bit of a, you know, I don't, I don't want to say he gave up on the play, but that would be one blemish uh, in an otherwise really strong night. And, you know, after Truba had a good game last game, good to see him you know, performing well and getting getting involved, you know, on the offensive side with a couple of assists in this one as well, a couple of primary assists. So I thought that pair was really good. And then for the forward side, the the kid line again gets a couple of goals. And they've been 
really, really strong. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe from the defensive side of things can tighten up a little bit, but honestly, that's a line you just don't want to break up, regardless of anything. So let's jump into it. And the Rangers, here's the, the thing that still bothers me, is that the power play is still very underwhelming from a results standpoint. Now, look, they've been unlucky. I know Zibanejad did hit the post on this first power play, but the Canucks have a historically bad penalty kill. Like, really, really bad. I know that that was under Bruce Boudreaux, and you know things have changed a little bit, but not much. I mean, it's not... It's still a bad penalty kill. But Dakota Joshua, high six. Lin, Ryan Lindgren at 422, and the Rangers are unsuccessful. But soon thereafter, the Rangers score, and it's a goal by Chris Kreider. His 21st goal of the season from Trocek and Miller. It's Kreider's 250th goal as a Ranger. So it's impressive where, you know, when it's all said and done, Chris Kreider, he really might finish, like, second or third all-time in Ranger goal scoring. Like, it's, it's not – it's really not out of the realm of possibility, which is crazy. But Kreider scores on a nice two-on-one play. Miller sets it up. Miller with a nice bank pass off the boards to Trocek, who finds Kreider. And that chemistry is pretty good between Kreider and Trocek. I do think that ideally you find a different, you know, Goodrow, it's okay. But I think for me, getting Goodrow in that fourth line would be what I want. And to find a a different right wing for Kreider and Trocek. But I like having Kreider and Zibanejad apart. And I like having Trocek and Panarin apart. Definitely like those things. And then the Rangers score again. And who else but Philip Hedl? Philip Hedl scores his 19th goal of the season from Kako and Miller. This is off a face-off. Hedl wins the face-off, gets it back to Miller, finds Kako, who does all the work down low, and finds Hedl, who makes a nice backhand move for the goal past Spencer Martin. And it gives the Rangers a 2-0 lead. So Hedl just continues his amazing play. And he actually almost scored again later on an empty net goal that really they should have awarded him it. So that would have been his 20th goal of the season. They didn't. They, they, they called the penalty on Vancouver instead. But I've seen a lot of times they award the penalty on the internet goal where if he doesn't take him down, there's a really good chance that he'll score in there. But I digress. So the Rangers have a 2 nothing lead. And then Vinny Trocek takes a penalty. Uh, he hooks JT Miller, the former Ranger, and for Trocek. You know, like I've said, he is taking too many penalties. It's not something that people are talking about. And look, I think that on the whole, Trocek played pretty well tonight. He did. He was active, had that really nice assist on the Kreider goal. I thought he played well, but again, he needs to limit the amount of penalties. And, and these are, you know, a lot of stick infractions. It's the same shit that we saw with Ryan Strom. But the Rangers do kill it off. But by period's end, the Canucks do score. It's Connor Garland, his 10th goal of the season from Quinn Hughes, 17-36. It's a 2-1 Ranger lead. And this was a situation where the fourth line and the third pair were soft. Really, really soft. Me... I won't even be specific about it. And to be fair, LeCision was technically, he was off the ice and Trocek was on. So it goes against Trocek. But, you know, Sammy Blay kind of flailing his stick out there. Cooley looked a little bit lost. Harper, not great. All in all, not good. That was not a good looking defensive shift by players that really need to perform well if they want to stay in the lineup, plain and simple. And so the Canucks cut the deficit in half. And the Rangers take a 2-1 lead. Into the second period. In the second, it's Alexi Lafreniere scoring again. So that's another good sign. You know, sort of players building upon what they did last game. It's Lafreniere's eighth goal of the season from Truba and Miller. And this was a, a play where Truba takes the shot from the point. And it, it was going to be a goal by Truba. 
But Lafreniere at the last moment does make sure it goes in. And, you know, good for Lafreniere. Gets the goal. And, you know, it's funny. A lot of his goals in his NHL career have been right in front of the net. Take that for what it's worth. But, but it seems to be a thing. And Lafreniere makes it a 3-1 Ranger lead at that point. Then Vancouver does cut that lead again back to one as it's a goal by Pudkolzin. His first goal of the season from J.T. Miller. It's a 3-2 game with less than four minutes to deal in the second. This was, you know, Pudkolzin kind of finds himself alone in the slot and it deflects off of Panarin and past Shesterkin. So an unfortunate one. And for Panarin, you know, like he ends up getting on the score sheet later. But I, I still feel like you look at the lines and Zibanej and Panarin. I don't know. It, it's, it should be doing better than it is, but I'm just not surprised. Again, the lines that Panarin seems to be on don't do all that well. But again, they do end up on the scoreboard later. And, uh, you know, and, and look, maybe it was just an unfortunate bounce off. Of, you know, it's not like really, truly like his fault. I, I never know how to feel about things like that. It's like I'm sure Igor would have liked to have seen that puck more cleanly. It doesn't happen. And it's a 3-2 lead now for the Rangers. And then the Rangers get a power play. Luke Shen interferes with uh, Artemi Panarin at 16.45, but the Rangers' power play is unsuccessful. They don't score. And so the lead remains one heading into the third. And in the third, the Rangers, you know, really were kind of on their heels. I, I didn't I didn't love their third period. I didn't really love most. I mean, most of the game wasn't all that impressive. I thought that their, I thought the Rangers' first period was their best, definitely their best. Although it kind of tell off a little bit towards the end of the third period. I, I, you know, I thought Vancouver had a decent chance to tie it, but the Rangers late in the third, and you know, and, and there were some chances by Vancouver to tie it up. But in at sixteen oh five, it's a goal by Mika Zibanejad, his twenty fifth goal of the season from Truba and Panarin. So Truba with another point shot, and this time deflected by Zibanejad past Martin. And it actually went off of Tyler Myers before going in. But it's Zibanejad's goal, so he scores again. His 25th goal of the season. And the Rangers take a 4-2 lead, but right at four, sorry, 11 seconds after that goal, Vancouver again cuts the deficit to one. It's Pedersen, his 22nd goal of the season from Hughes and Besser. And this is a, a, a situation where Hita loses the faceoff, but no big deal. There was a potential icing, and Truba kind of let up a little bit. I, I don't know, you know, if it was a lack of just full go on Truba's part. And, and for Shesterkin, he kind of let it go, I guess, in hopes of an icing, and it put him in a bad position. And it's a goal by Pet- and it's a goal by Pedersen. So not a great goal by Igor. A weird play, and just like that, the leads right back at one. But the Rangers. Do a decent job. And like I said, Heedle draws that penalty where it could they could have awarded him a goal. It's a Brock Besser tripping penalty in 1921. And the Rangers hang on for the 4-3 win. So was not pretty at all, but a win nonetheless. And so the Rangers, like I said, 18-4-3 in the last 25 games. Like really, really an amazing record that, that really probably gets lost in the shuffle. And that's totally fine. Um, you know, I, I think the Rangers got up to a really, really really slow start to the season and have made up for it and some. And so now the next two games before they head out to Western Canada, two games, home against the Kraken, who are going to be coming off of a game versus the Devils. And then 
they're at Carolina, and that'll be Carolina's first game coming back from the All-Star break. Now, it'll be Halak and Just I would be stunned if it if Igor goes twice. I think it'll be Halak and Shesterkin. To me, logically, like, I think it should be Halak versus the Kraken and then Shesterkin versus the Hurricanes, but I, I don't know. Like, you think about last year, Georgiev started both games at Carolina in the regular season. So I, I think anything is possible there. I would not really predict one. It's, again, to me, I think you'd rather go Igor versus the division opponent, but... Then again, I, I, I wouldn't really be stunned either way, but do expect to see them split time in those next two games. And then they'll have a little bit of time off before playing the Canucks again in Vancouver. But the Rangers, they find a way. They beat, they, they beat the Canucks at MSG by a score of 4-3.